The following program is scheduled for one fall with a 60-minute time limit. This is Take 4 Wrestling with your hosts, Brian Kilby and J.T. Hogg. Hi, I'm Ricky Morton of the Rock and Roll Express, and you're listening to Take 4 Wrestling Podcast with Brian and J.T. This is Take 4 Wrestling, episode 19. I am Brian Kilby, and with me this week, we have the man, the myth, the legend, the defender of children, the savior of Christmas. He saved my Christmas anyway. (laughs) By fighting off evil zombies that were trying to take over Christmas land. I was really impressed how you were able to fight all of those guys off. Well, when you have the power of, of love and the power of music, which I, I drew from your uh, Christmas CD. Oh, man. I'm, I'm glad somebody listened to that. <laughs> I've already listened to it two, two or three times. Wow. Uh, so, well, I mean, so you listen to it two or three times. That's way more than it warrants. But it's still free. <laughs> it's still free at uh, briankilby.com slash holiday. It'll put you right in the holiday spirit. It sure will. Uh, let's see here. So this week, uh, the topic uh, the show we're going to talk about is uh, Saturday night's main event from, what, November 28th, 25th, something like that, 1989? Yes. Uh, one, of my, one of my favorites. Uh, after watching it, it's one of my favorites, too. November 25th, 1989. So if you didn't watch it, uh, quickly pause, go watch. It's short, like an hour and six minutes. It's totally worth watching it. It just it, it brought me back to my childhood. It made me happy. But before that, we're going to talk about our gimmick of the week this week. And, JT, what is it? The gimmick of the week this week is the Christmas creature. The it's Christmas very, uh, creature. Topical. So I take uh, I take it this is one that they could only use once a year, or did, was the Christmas creature around all year? Oh, he wasn't around very long at all. Uh, the Christmas creature was a uh, USWA um, gimmick, and uh, basically it was a monster for Jerry Lawler to wrestle. And uh, a, some of you may know the Christmas creature a little bit better as uh, Isaac Yankum. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Was this in WWF or was this somewhere else? This was USWA. Oh, well, that uh, about nineteen ninety two. That makes sense. Yeah, uh, USWA had a lot of uh, gimmicks like this. Like they had uh, the Mummy, they had Freddy, they had Jason at one point. Um, they had a Dracula and a Frankenstein. But um, the Christmas creature was very interesting because he wore uh, like red, red and white striped tights, and he had green tinsel wrapped all around him. Green tinsel. That's awesome. <laughs> it's, it's a it's, it's a sight to behold. And uh, he came out. His manager came out and uh, kicked Santa in the butt and called him the town drunk. And then Jerry Lawler had to come out and defend Santa. And then the Christmas creature uh, wrestled a man named Trey Keller and uh, beat him with the choke slam in very convincing fashion. And uh, I think it was all just a setup for the uh, big matches uh, for Jerry Lawler to take on the Christmas creature. I think he was more of a one-and-done guy. Um, but he did eventually come back to USWA as Unibom. And, yeah. uh, I, remember, I, remember, I remember Unibom. Yeah, but the Christmas creature is actually uh, Kane's first gimmick. So um, he's always kind of been saddled with interesting gimmicks from this to the do- uh, uh, wrestling dentist. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> at least uh, Kane worked out for him. And uh, fake Diesel. Yeah, that's right, the fake Diesel, which was a great gimmick. It sure was. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Christmas creature. 
I was looking for uh, Christmas-themed uh, wrestlers, and there's not too many of them, actually. You'd think there'd be a lot more, but um, it was gonna. It came down to either this or, if you remember, Santa Claus. Yeah, I remember. I remember Santa Claus <laughs> from the South Pole. He was bought by the Million Dollar Man. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I sure do. But other than that, we don't get a lot of Christmas gimmicks that often. No, no. I wrestled uh, Krampus at the last show I wrestled at. How was that? How did that go over? Oh, it was uh, it was, it was interesting. The, the Krampus outfit was uh, it was like uh, reindeer pajamas. Oh gosh. With a uh, Santa uh, a Santa bottom, and uh, he wore this mask that uh, with the face and the horns but it looked more like Cher than it did krampus wow okay, okay. But, um, i'll have to get the video of that and uh post it sometime it was when i defended christmas against krampus yeah, that's amazing uh so by the time this episode posts it'll just be a few days before christmas but that's not too late to go and get a christmas gift for the ones you love at amazon you can do that through our website go to tfradio.net slash amazon it takes you right to amazon.com and when it does that it just lets amazon know that we sent you and amazon sends back a little bit of the purchase price to us to help pay for the show it doesn't cost you a cent more uh but again amazon just sends us a little back as a thank you and it helps us pay for the show so if you use that you can get tons of wrestling stuff oh my gosh you can get you can get wrestling gear you can get wrestling videos you can get wrestling toys uh anything wrestling honestly actually right now you can get for 9.79 the wwe elite flashback tugboat action figure oh, i need that right now 9.79 that's pretty cheap uh how much does uh how much does uh shockmaster go for well, he's an exclusive, so he goes for a little bit more. Let's uh, for, look him up Forty-five dollars. That's less. Th- that's prices dropped. I'm buying that right now. <laughs> there you go. That is a lot cheaper than it was. Um, gosh, I feel bad spending this much money, but I'm doing it. Well, you're all alone at the house. You're probably lonely. You need some Shockmaster. Yeah. Uh, tfradio.net slash Amazon, or you can go to our website at tfradio.net uh, slash take four and just click on the Amazon link. And it will, like I said, just send you right there and you can buy whatever you want. And Amazon will send us back a little bit. Okay. Help uh, Brian feed cats. Well, that's, doesn't, that's I'm, I'm not using it. it pays for the show event eventually eventually i might use it to pay me back for the tens of thousands of dollars i spent on all the podcasting stuff but right now it's just paying for the show so uh holy crap and i have amazon reward points i can use with my amazon visa so i'm getting it for 35 bucks well that's pretty cheap okay uh happy birthday merry christmas to me are you gonna open them no it's so perfect in the package that is true this is a nice nice package there it totally is and that's going i still like to play with my wrestling figures so um yeah i've got that i've got that wcw oh man i could open him i really could yeah you got to put him in the wcw ring and have him trip i could coming out i could okay let's talk about saturday night's main event uh november 25th 1989 uh, the big match on this show, of course, was the genius uh, versus Hulk Hogan. And oh my God, this was so awesome. Oh, just getting the uh, the music for the start of it got me pumped. I, I really liked it. So it started off with uh, some of the uh, green screen promos that we know and love. Yeah, where they're talking about their matches. Yeah, I absolutely love. And it's got like the music behind it. The bum, 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 bum. Like no joke. I am really inspired to set up a green screen here in the studio just so I can cut some wrestling promos <laughs> i'm not joking actually, i'm serious i've been talking to um we have a green screen the <gasps> there's a ww elite magnum ta figure i'm sorry oh, I'm, just, I'm still I, i'm still at amazon i'm still i'm sorry i can't help it <laughs> i didn't know they made a magnum oh my god i need this 
I shouldn't be looking. I, I, I got to look away. Got to look away. I'm buying it. No, I, no, I'm not. Yes, I am. But yeah, so uh, so the first, uh, like you said, the uh, it started off with the uh, green or the promos where they're talking about the show. And we, oh, uh, we have a green screen uh, at the PWA that we use for promos. How, how well does it work? Like that. Uh, it works pretty good. Um, it's easy to cut the backgrounds out and uh, he, he'll add different backgrounds and stuff. Um, I've been trying to talk him into making a because it's a, it's actually like the PWA arena, so we have wrestling matches there every month. So it's got like a permanent setup. I've been trying to talk him into building a locker room with a payphone and like the blue lockers, like that are at, at the uh, backstage every event at the old WWF shows where they would uh, have promos with Mean Gene. But um, he hasn't. I haven't been able to talk him into that yet. That is pretty awesome. I, I think I have to find out where I can get a old used payphone, and maybe that'll get the ball rolling. But yeah, these uh, these promos they just get you pumped for the show. I'm gonna go ahead and buy the Magnum TA. I can't, I can't not. Uh, so they they show it on the screen before the uh, before the before the before the show starts. Is that how it works, or is this over TV? Yeah, they uh, yeah they've been showing it over the screen before shows. We've been uh, we have a uh, kind of like we have a big giant TV that they show promos on and uh, like uh, updates on everything. Kind of we're working on getting it on TV or at least maybe an internet show or something, but. That's awesome. It, it works out pretty good. We have our own, like, uh, well, I guess you can't really call them Titantrons, but uh, entrance videos. So that's pretty cool. It adds, adds a little bit of class to the show. Yeah. That's... It makes up for my wrestling abilities. So God, gotta... no, no, no. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I like it. I'll, I'll sit and, when I come out, I'll sit and watch my uh, entrance video for a little bit, and then I'll get to the ring. I bet that pumps you up. Oh, yeah, it does. Every time I hear, uh, thank God I'm a country boy, I get a little crazy. So. Oh, is, is that your entr- entrance music? Yes. That's what pumps me up. That is awesome. If I'm driving down the road or if I'll be in a McDonald's, I'll hear it and I'll start bowing and body slamming people. So gets me gets me going, my blood flowing. Uh, so uh, let's see here. I'm trying to remember think, thinking back to this uh, this show. What was the first match? The first match was, oh, it was Ultimate Warrior and Andre the Giant. Yes. Uh, they actually, uh, I, was, I always wondered why Saturday night's main event, they always put like the big matches first. It was because so of late. The, the ratings. Yeah, and it was late because this always aired instead of uh, Saturday Night Live. Yeah. So uh, they always put like the marquee matches on first, which uh, Warrior and Giant, uh, this one was for the Intercontinental title. I've actually seen these two men clash live when they used to come to the Columbus Civic Center uh, back or it was actually around this time around 88 89 my uh, dad used to take me to the all the Civic Center shows and I got to see Ultimate Warrior beat Andre the Giant in about eight seconds. Yeah, I, I uh, on Bruce Pritchard's show they were talking about that uh, that that's what um, the Oh, as they were trying to build up Warrior, they're having him squash uh, Andre. And then they would do something where uh, they would tease a rematch or something at the end of the show. Yeah, and I don't remember ever there being a rematch. I think that was a one and done. They just had Ultimate Warrior come out and beat the crap out of him. But I could have been wrong. My, that's my. That's been a long time ago. I was a, just a young little lad. But I remember uh, thinking... I think my dad had a theory that the Ultimate Warrior wasn't really there, and they just dressed somebody up. Oh God! And send them out. So that's why it was so quick. So I think that was during the Ultimate Warrior death rumors too. Yeah. So uh, even though this was only a few years before Andre died, if Andre wanted to um, take Matt, go into business for himself, uh, he w- could have destroyed the Ultimate Warrior. And honestly, I, as a kid, I loved the Warrior. As an adult, I don't. So I, I would have liked to have seen that. <laughs> Yeah, Andre, he was a beast. Uh, I've, 
you can tell he's in a lot of pain oh, in yeah. this match, and it's sad because he's such a just such a marvel. Um, I the match, uh, the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, I, I was a big Ultimate Warrior fan when I was a kid, and um, I, I mean, I still get nostalgic for him. But I realize he probably wasn't the best of wrestlers. Um, you could kind of tell in this match, like, uh, yeah, it was, it was a little, little on the sloppy side. But um, I, I thought like when uh, Ultimate Warrior was looked uh, kind of dumb at the start of it because he went to the four corners, and then he uh, like him and Andre like pushed each other, and then he went back up to the corner just for Andre to beat him up in the middle of the match. Uh, Andre just did a lot of chokes and. A lot of stuff, but he took a couple bumps in this match, which I was, I was surprised to see, and uh, it just pained me every time he went to get up. Yeah, just the pain in his because I know what that feels like, and that just hurts getting up like that over and over again. Um, I thought it was a, it was, I mean, it was for what it was, it was, it was a good match to put on television at this time, I think. Um, I thought the finish was weird because uh, Ultimate Warrior threw Bobby Heenan into Andre the Giant, and Andre the Giant got disqualified, which I would have thought that uh, Ultimate Warrior should have got disqualified because he used Bobby Heenan as a foreign object. Actually, that you got a point. So I was kind of surprised by that. But uh, it looked like he about dropped uh, Bobby on his head. I wonder if that was the time Bobby was talking about in the uh, Rise and Fall of the Ultimate Warrior, or the self-destruction of the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, that was the first set. That's the one I have. <laughs> that was a that was an interesting uh, DVD when that came out. I enjoyed it, though. Yeah, me too. So uh, things I loved about uh, about the show at the beginning. So we already had the – before the Andre, uh, Andre match, didn't we already have the Hogan promo and the – Oh, yes. Uh, I, I absolutely love this. Basically, uh, Hogan questioned uh, whether the genius was so smart because he was going to pose the same question that Einstein, Socrates, and Plato couldn't answer, which was, what you going to do? <laughs> I thought that was so damn funny. That made me pop. It genuinely made me pop. Yeah, Hogan. Uh, some of Hogan's promos were just absolutely hilarious. And his and his react. We'll get to the match. Uh, we'll get we'll get to the match. But uh, <laughs> there's so uh, there's another Hogan promo later on where he does a poem, and it, again, basically, it, it ends with "What you gonna do?" I loved it. I loved it, brother. Uh, was the, so was the was the next bit uh, after the match was over? Uh, it was an angry Andre behind the scenes with jesse ventura and bobby heenan did, did, yeah was that, so something was said that this would never ever ever make it today but back in 89 times were different first i think it was hilarious when jesse ventura said as a journalist i have to ask <laughs> which he was he was wearing this tasseled leather jacket with these crazy red and white sunglasses it looked like he stepped right out of like a 1980s cocaine dream and, and i think that's when he had the jewel in his uh cleft like under it, his yes, lip or it, something yeah i mean so that was hilarious but bobby heenan quoted charles manson he said he said he said a great man said charles manson and then he, he said some sort of quote that would get him fired today that would just if if somebody said something like that because Charles Manson, while he didn't directly murder people, he <laughs> you know is, of course he'll never get out of jail because he is directly responsible for the deaths of I I don't even remember how many people um so it's quite a few quite a few 
So yeah, that would not have that would not make TV today. Times were different. Oh, definitely. I don't. Uh, I don't think the Hulk Hogan and Genius match would have made TV today. Uh, no, no, <laughs> no. It wouldn't. That was the second match, wasn't it? Second match. Yes. Okay. So, uh, so back to that Hogan promo. What I love is it started by saying that mathematically he can't win, and then Hogan tried to explain how mathematically the genius couldn't beat him, and okay. something in my brain like just shriveled up and died. But again, I loved the promo. I loved the poem. I loved everything about it. Uh, the genius's uh, po- uh, poem uh, that was what Hogan was responding to was great as well. The genius was just so fun god he was great yeah he was he was a great wrestler and uh he was just great at getting heat and uh oh my god he knows how to get heat he was uh genius was very underrated yeah so basically in the match um he was getting heat all over the place just by the way he danced around and frolicked and um (laughs) just the way he would just the way he would uh act and he acted in what would be a considered i guess a very effeminate way um yes so not implying that he was gay, but more implying that he was what they would call a sissy. Yeah. The, well, Hulk Hogan told him to, um, I was, there, there was a shoot interview with the genius and Hulk Hogan told him to sell like Jim Barnett. Well, maybe, 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 um, maybe it was that he was, they were trying to imply <laughs> that he was gay. I, I, I was trying to give him more credit than that, but, um, you know, again, different time. Well, yeah, the, the, the feminine gimmick definitely got a lot of heat back then oh absolutely it did uh probably would be a little insensitive today uh, absolutely it would be terrible (laughs) uh but it was hilarious when hogan uh basically after hogan would get done selling and hogan would sell uh not for very long but after hogan got done selling he would basically mock the genius and the crowd ate that up hogan would do the frolicking and everything and it, it, it made it made for a fun match oh yeah this was a great match um this is a match that I've tried to do before uh, wrestling different guys. Like I've used a lot from this match because it was just a, it's, it was one of my favorite matches and um, it was just put together very well. It was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, both men had great uh, facial expressions uh, during the match. Um, Cause it kind of started off with genius was trying to out, uh, razzmatazz Hogan. Every time he'd throw him down, he'd do like a backflip or a cartwheel or a little uh, flip into the ring, and then Hogan just sat there and let him do it. And then you could just see the anger building up on Hogan. And then all of a sudden, like his face just turns diff- uh, turns all contorted, and he runs at Genius and starts beating the crap out of him. And uh, Genius is flip flopping around, f- fl- uh, doing his little uh, funny cells and. Uh, it was uh this was uh what this match really stuck with me as a kid i could see why and um of course i i think it stuck with me too because i almost ate a beetle but um i remember i just remember sitting there watching this match and uh the of course the finish is absolutely blew me away because you never seen that yeah um, hulk hogan very rarely ever even wrestled on television in singles matches for one and uh so this was a big event uh saturday night's main event was a big deal back then and unfortunately we don't have stuff like that anymore because wrestling's on so much and everybody wrestles on television now. Uh, it's not like Hulk Hogan wrestled on primetime wrestling every week. No, and, and, he, and he lost to the genius. Yes. That was monumental with the help of, you know, Kurt Hennig. And it was, it was just put together great. He lost by a count out. Um, 
Mr. Perfect uh, kept him from getting back into the ring for the countout, and the genius beat Hulk Hogan. And uh, <laughs> that's Hogan's just like, this guy beat me? This guy? Because, of course, the genius was a little bit on the feminine side. And uh, Hulk Hogan, I think, represented the super ma- masculine man at the time. So in the uh, promo that um, – that well, promo slash poem that uh, the genius said earlier, uh, he, he, he cited Hogan as being 6'8", which, of course, is an exaggeration, but everything <laughs> was. And how Hogan was a giant compared to the genius at only six. Two. So that was also probably an exaggeration, I guess. But six two would have been on the short side back then. So assuming that's an exaggeration, maybe we could say he's like five eleven or something, which would definitely be on the short side. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, he was. He would be considered a big guy today, or he, or at least, uh, or at least average, because he had a one heck of a physique on him too. Yeah, uh, he's actually six foot, six even. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he, uh, the genius was in phenomenal shape and, uh, he was a phenomenal athlete. I think he was a better athlete actually than Randy Savage, uh, athletic wise, not wrestling wise, but, um, I mean, this guy was doing moonsaults and, uh, 1989, you didn't see any moonsaults. Yeah. Not um, not in WWF. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I can, I think he was the first time I'd ever seen a moonsault because, uh, of course I, if you don't, if you didn't know that about me, I was a wrestling fanatic as a small child. Yeah, I and, get um, it. <laughs> I can I can remember certain things. Like I remember the first time I ever saw a power bomb was by Sid Vicious or Sid Justice on uh, Monday Night Raw, and I thought that was amazing. And then when I saw this, I thought that was amazing that somebody could backflip off the top rope and land on another guy. And uh, that I mean that's that's a heck of a high spot back then. Nowadays, nobody would even. Uh, bat an eye at that. So, but uh, yeah, just uh, Saturday night's main event was just so much fun, just because it was an event. It was like it was almost like a free pay per view. Yeah, really, it, it really was because there are no squash matches. And uh, yeah, that's all you usually ever saw on. Uh, that's all you got television. Yeah, and that's just I, I think I've said it before, but that's just. I think that's the way it needs to be. I think it needs to be more of that. Yeah. Yeah, because like when you see. If Hulk Hogan would have wrestled every week on on primetime, it wouldn't have been as special when you actually saw him. Absolutely. I mean, because Hogan didn't even do jobber matches. He just didn't wrestle at all. And um, I think that's like why Brock Lesnar's so, so has such a aura around him. Yeah. I mean, if Goldberg and Brock would have fought already 15 times, who cares if they've wrestled at WrestleMania? And uh, I think that's how it got down to like with uh, John Cena and Randy Orton's. Like, how many times are they going to wrestle? Yeah. And they, and, yeah, and they ended that feud never again. Then apparently they just brought it right back. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh so that's a philosophical difference of wrestling of today and then. And I definitely think that then is better because uh, they made most of their money off the uh, house shows at the time. So the TV was just to sell the, sh- the live events that they went that around. And absolutely did. not their business model today. No, I don't even think they do that many live events. Do they? They do quite a few. They, but um, it's not. I mean, it's it's not. I don't think they. You know, I mean, they have they have uh, Raw and SmackDown touring, so they have an A and a B show at least. Even when they don't have, even before Raw and SmackDown, they still did an A and a B show. So they do quite a bit, but they don't promote it on TV like they used to. Remember how they would always just promote like WrestleMania Revenge Tour and all that stuff? Yeah. And the road to WrestleMania, they would. They would. I would love the. I'd be all excited when the plane would fly in. 
Yes, me too. It's like, WWE's coming to your town, then I'd see Columbus, Ohio. I'd be like, Mom! Mom! Yeah, you don't get that anymore. Like, there, yeah. was, there was a show 20 minutes from my house, and I didn't know about it. Well, I, I knew about it, but I forgot about it, because there's there was no nothing on Raw, and I don't watch local media, unfortunately. So, I had no idea. Well, yeah, Raw was just in uh, Columbus, Ohio last night. Yeah, yeah well, you're right, it was. <laughs> I had no idea. And apparently, of course, I probably wouldn't have won anyway. And, but. and apparently Mick Foley thought it was still Pittsburgh or something or Philadelphia. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Uh, but yeah, so what was the uh, what was the next match? Okay, well let's uh, let's get to the next match here. It was oh your your man. It was uh, Dusty Rhodes against the Big Boss Man. Oh, that was and this was the debut of Sapphire. I remember watching this. <laughs> yep. Uh, this was when Sapphire first showed up, and as a kid, I definitely saw this. That's what I remembered. You remember the genius and Hulk Hogan. I remember Miss Sapphire showing up. <laughs> yeah, because I saw her out in the crowd, uh, and I knew they, they teased her for a while, uh, just sitting out in the crowd. And um, I remember uh, as a kid, so that's that was the genius of WWF back then. They, they were patient. They could wait. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they could wait, and they would just put little seeds in. And I picked up on those seeds. I was like, who is that woman? Why is she at every... She must be Dusty Rhodes' biggest fan. Then, of course, Dusty Rhodes brought her in, and I was like, oh, what a coincidence. Yeah. I wonder if that could happen to anybody. Maybe. But uh, <laughs> but uh, I absolutely... I love Slick's music. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's it called? Jive Soul Bro? Something like that. And um, you got to see the uh, Fame Manager License with Slick. Because Dusty Rhodes demanded to see Slick's manager's license. No, that I don't remember. That uh, that's something that you don't hear of too much anymore. Of course, there's hardly any managers, but another another sad lost art of professional wrestling. I know uh, Slick wasn't one of the more uh, higher managers. He was one of the more lower tier managers. I always thought, but um, this was when he was managing the Big Boss Man, mm-hmm. and uh, the Big Boss Man was still the bad cop from georgia and um this feud started with dusty Rhodes just uh getting tired of him uh big boss man beating up jobbers after their matches so he uh got interfered and stole boss man's nightstick uh this was uh dusty's first feud in the uh wbf i believe so yeah that sounds about right and uh which is kind of ironic because dusty Rhodes started big boss man in the business yep he uh was so he saw he saw him thought he was great so he uh basically didn't he Took him under his wing and uh, basically created Big Bubba Rogers. Yeah, and uh, went around and feuded with him a lot in the Florida areas, in Georgia, and although uh, Big Boss Man was a great worker, he was. Uh, this this feud though, I don't remember being that memorable though. Not like not, yeah, not like it should have been. Yeah, this was more. I think it was just more of a thrown together feud, um, waiting for something bigger for Dusty to come along. Because I mean, it was just over. He stole his nightstick. Hmm. And uh, Dusty represented the common man, and Big Boss Man represented law, order, and justice, albeit in a corrupt form. Yeah. But uh, this match was fun. Um, I, I, I I just watched it, but I don't remember much about it. So it's just nothing really stuck out. Yeah, it wasn't anything. It wasn't the Hogan genius match. Oh, no, definitely. I think that pretty much overshadowed every match on the card. It absolutely did. I mean, and it, it, it overshadowed the Rockers versus Tully and Arn, and that should have been great. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Sapphire got in the end, made her, and finally made her in-ring debut. She was, uh, she was, she was a longtime manager uh, in wrestling, and uh, I think it was Bruce, uh, Bruce Pritchard was talking about how they wanted Dusty Rhodes to get a manager, and somebody asked why they got somebody like Sapphire. Be like, well, look at Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, you know those those two go together. You know they're both regular people, and uh, that's what Dusty Rhodes. 
I mean, he was just so I, there. There's never going to be another Dusty Rhodes. Absolutely not. I mean, I don't know how many times I can I can gush over Dusty Rhodes, but just an absolutely amazing person and uh, such a. I mean, he was a big guy, but he was a such an athlete. He was. And uh, he had charisma like nobody's uncle. More than anybody in the history of wrestling, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would argue to say he has more charisma than Hulk Hogan. Oh, absolutely he did. Yeah. And um, that would have been interesting if uh, – because I, I think they are talking about one time that Dusty Rhodes was maybe going to be in that Hulk Hogan spot. Yeah, I heard that. I, I heard that mentioned. So that would have been an interesting change of history. Maybe there's like a uh, alternate universe where Dusty Rhodes became Hulk Hogan. Well, maybe not become Hulk Hogan, but in that Hulk Hogan slot. Uh, yeah. So after this, well, the, that was there's only one more match, right? The uh, the Brainbusters and the and the Rock and Roll Express. And uh, God, actually, I want to call the Rockers the Rock and Roll Express. It never occurred to me until recently that the Rock and somebody it, you mentioned Bruce Pritchard. I think it came up on his podcast. The Rockers were just a knockoff of the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah, and, and it's obvious when you see them. It's oh, ob- yeah, it's obvious, but it just never occurred to me as a kid. So it's never it's never occurred to me as an adult. But when I saw Marty Jannetty, I'm like. Uh, uh, oh, it's um, it's uh, uh, Robert, not Robert. Yeah, it's Robert Gibson. Uh, yeah. I'm like, uh, I, thought, I thought it was Robert Gibson for a second. Yeah, they were, they were not. They were just a straight up ripoff. I mean, they they made it their own. Oh yeah, but uh, they initially I, they were originally called the Midnight Rockers. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and of course, like the fantastics were supposedly copies of the fabulous ones and i mean they 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 always did stuff like that um that's just the way wrestling works like something works a lot of people want to kind of take take and steal it so uh but we're actually missing one of the matches uh it's the red rooster against mr perfect oh yeah (laughs) oh yeah and uh which i thought was a pretty good match Um, It, it 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 was okay Mr. Perfect, uh, he used to make me so mad as a kid. I love Mr. Perfect so much. Well, he would, uh, it just made me so mad that nobody could kick out of the perfect plex. Man, Fisherman Suplex is the greatest finisher of all time. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, as I, I said it before, but as a kid, I guess I was more of a heel guy because I loved Mr. Perfect. I have been a huge fan of Mr. Perfect my entire life. And, um, but yeah, I, yeah, Red Rooster doesn't, yeah, doesn't, doesn't do much for me. Never has. Yeah, he, he was, um, he was a really solid wrestler. He is. He was. He was. And, um, I think he could have made the Red Rooster gimmick work. His heart wasn't in it. Yeah, I think uh, I think um, Pritchard talked about how he was just more hee hawing and whining about it. But if he just would have stuck with it, he probably would have got because it was over. Yeah, I don't know. It wasn't over. I mean, the people cheered for him. People cheered. People cheered everybody. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, everybody got cheered back then. Everybody got cheered back then. They were good fans. They did what you wanted them to do. It, it was a high point point for wrestling. Kids loved wrestling. <laughs> uh, if you were faced, you basically got cheered unless you were in a like a city like Philly or something like that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. Again, the the match though, it was a pretty short match. Yeah, it was definitely just to get Mister Perfect over because um, he had stolen the WWF title in the match against uh, Hogan and Genius. Yeah, and uh, then he broke it up with a hammer, which was another shocking moment at the time. I'm t- so that was a stand-in belt, wasn't it? That wasn't the regular belt. Oh, uh, I'm sure it was. Uh, it's probably one of their. I'm sure they probably had like an old scuffed-up version or something because uh, those belts are pretty expensive. Uh, they are, uh, but that I, I was surprised that you could just take a hammer and smash it. 
it did seem kind of fragile, didn't it? But I guess really, when it boils down to it, I mean, it's. I guess that probably would happen. You know, the, I don't know. They're pretty solid. Like some of those belts are pretty solid. Yeah, but again, I guess if you hit it hard enough, yeah, it would probably break if it was on the ground. I, I don't have strong feelings about about this match either way. Do you have anything that you specifically want to mention about it before we move along? No, not really. Just that the uh, uh, the perfect plex used to make me just mad as a kid because like the the face would get back over on him and start beating him up. And then he'd Irish whip him. And I was like, Oh no, don't Irish whip the guy and go for a backdrop. That's, that's going to get you every time. And then he of course hook it and one, two, three. That's awesome. It's like son of a, no, it's not awesome. That's perfect. That's perfect. God, I love Mr. Perfect so much. <laughs> um, so I, I don't have a lot of memories of, um, Arn and Tully in the WWF for the brief period they were there. Um, so it, it was good to see them, but, uh, but the match to me wasn't that wasn't that great. Well, this was definitely they were on their way out. Yep. And um, I I don't know if like they were teasing a face turn for them or they were just getting rid of them. Funny enough, I am right now rereading uh, the death of WCW. I, I say I'm rereading it. I read it the first time when I bought it, but um, uh, Brian Alvarez actually did the audible version of it so i'm like i, I want to reread it but i'm also busy so i'll listen to it so i'm listening to uh the death of wcw and funny enough uh, that's about the point that i'm at right now um and if anybody hasn't read that it's it's a great book uh and it's definitely worth checking out yeah i'll definitely have to check that out i, I haven't read that but um yeah the uh the brain busters were i love like uh, i've said this many times i love totally blanchard yeah he's uh he's just a man unfortunately he uh, had some demons, but he's gotten over them now, of course. Um, and actually, he's a minister now, which is very surprising. Yeah, a lot of these guys are. Because um, he was a he was a nasty man in wrestling. But um, they were definitely teasing uh, Bobby, because Bobby Heenan actually quit um, after the Rockers lost, because uh, it was a two-out-of-three falls match. And the first fall was just like out of nowhere under a minute or so with the Rockers getting the pin. And uh, Bobby Heenan quit, uh, quit being their manager and talked about how much losers they were. And um, then uh, they got a uh, the Brain Busters got another fall. They won their fall. And then Rockers ended up uh, winning in the end with a it was a it was a nice finish, too, um, when he went because they were going for the Brain Buster. And then uh, I think it was Mar uh, Marty knocked uh Totally off the top rope and did like a sunset flip on Arn, who was going to pile drive Marty at the time or Sean at the time. And uh, I, I, it was a decent tag match. It wasn't their best tag match by far. No. And honestly, again, this whole show match wise suffers. And I say it suffers. I still love it, but it suffers because that Hogan match was so great. Yeah. And of course, it was on early on in the show, and you're pretty much like kind of blow your uh oh um your interest yes your interest at the <laughs> the start of the show <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah so I, I really enjoyed it what i really enjoyed most of all is it was only an hour long yeah it was but it felt like it like uh you got more of an hour's worth of enjoyment out of it that's what it felt like to me anyway like uh it wasn't a chore to watch at all i i watched it all in one sitting just sitting down the whole time just watch it right through because a lot of times I have to take breaks for some of these shows. Oh, yeah, me too. And Especially ECW. I, <laughs> I watched that. I broke that up into about eight different segments. I will not subject you to <laughs> another ECW show for a while. Oh, man, those were bad. But uh, hopefully no uh, ECW guys beat me up anytime soon because I guess people 
uh, people have been listening to the show in the wrestling business. So oh, really? Interesting. Awesome. I have to be careful what I say now. Yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of, what's what are we going to talk about next week? Uh, what are we going to talk about next week? Yeah, uh, we want to do another WWF old school, or I guess WWWF. Uh, no, this is WWF. Okay, uh, well, it's eighty five. It, so yeah, WWWF ended in seventy nine, or actually they changed names in seventy nine. So this is WWF. Yeah, it's it's uh the old uh it's on uh the old school section in the WWE network. The it's a Maple Leafs Garden show from eleven ten nineteen eighty five, and uh, the main event is Andre the Giant and Hillbilly Jim. Awesome. Against Big John Studd and King Kong Bundy. Heck yeah, that sounds sounds like fun. Yeah, Hillbilly Jim, uh, I've I've had the pleasure of tagging with him before and uh he's a really cool guy. He's giant. Yeah, sure uh, is. He was he was surrounded by giants. So when you actually see him in person, it's kind of shocking how big he really is cuz he kind of looks small next to some of those other guys. He, yeah, but uh, and, uh I've seen him big guy. Yeah, he was stretching uh he was uh, before his match. He went to stretch his leg, and he put his leg on top of a minivan to stretch it out. So that's how <laughs> he's just like a big tree, still in great <laughs> shape too. Of course, that was like twelve years ago huh. when I tagged with him. But yeah, cool. Uh, hey, so one thing I want to remind people uh, again: if you want to check out uh, our Amazon links, go to tfradio.net/slash Amazon. It'll just actually take you right there. But in the course of doing the show, it occurred to me that uh, if anybody is interested in that death of WCW book i went ahead and created a shortcut to that go to tfradio.net slash wcw tfradio.net slash wcw it'll take you right there there are links to get it on kindle uh uh the actual physical book you can get an mp3 cd or you can get it from audible i recommend audible i love audible and brian alvarez has um i don't know if i don't know if doing his wrestling uh radio show is sort of what formed his voice but he has definitely a an fm radio dj style voice um which not necessarily my favorite kind of voice for radio but i think it works pretty well on his audiobook and i'm a big fan of his stuff anyway his radio show and everything but uh, i think it works especially well on the audiobook so tfradio.net slash wcw it's the 10th anniversary edition of uh the death of wcw it's a great book great book i'm on my second reading i i thoroughly enjoy it maybe i'll have to get that from my kindle I've uh, I've ruined myself reading uh, physical things. I don't. My Kindle. Yeah, I was talking to my friend Liz today, and she was talking about comics. And I asked her if she used Comicsology, and she's like, "I don't know what that is. I just, you know, I use physical books." And I'm like, "I do all my comics on Comicsology." She's like, "But you know, there's this tactile thing I don't want to lose." I'm like, "I didn't either until I now no longer have like <laughs> stacks and stacks of comics at my house. It's all on my tablet, and um, I much prefer that. Much. Oh much yeah, prefer they. It. Uh... I have trouble reading actual just physical comics now because it's got me trained. I don't enjoy in comicsology. it. Comicsology. I don't enjoy it. My tablet's bigger than the comics, so it's actually bigger for me to read it on my tablet. Yeah, yeah. Comicsology is an amazing app. Uh, I'll buy some physical copies just to have as for collector stuff. But uh, my date, like uh, whatever I buy monthly, I. Uh, I use the Kindle for. Yeah, and uh, I actually have started rebuying stuff. I actually have physically, and if you buy the Kindle version, since it's both owned, they're both owned by Amazon now. You can actually read the Kindle version of your comics on your Comicsology app, and I vastly prefer reading 
um, the Comixology version over the Kindle version, so it's win-win. So you get oh the, yeah, definitely. You get the Kindle price. Not that the books are more expensive, but usually the Kindle, there's a Kindle edition that's like an all-in-one instead of you're buying the issues. And um, oftentimes, or at least in the past, it seemed like the Kindle edition costs a little less. Well, actually, in Marvel Comics, the uh, Amazon, if you buy them off Amazon, they're cheaper uh, than than on the Kindle. Oh, interesting. I, I, I didn't realize that. Yeah, they, uh, there's been a few that I... It's almost like half, like half price difference. I don't know if that has something to do because with the uh, where you, the Marvel, where you uh, was it unlimited Marvel Unlimited? Yeah, I have that. I just hardly ever use it. I have a Kindle, so it won't let me use it, unfortunately. But I love my Kindle, so. Uh, let's see here. How do people get a hold of you, JT? You can get a hold of me at uh, www rfc rate nope 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 uh, i messed up i was reading the something else tfradio.net slash h-o-g-g um you can access my facebook page there and then you can find me at twitter at jt underscore h-o-g-g uh that's awesome i am personally on twitter at b kilby and on instagram at brian kilby that's b-r-i-a-n-k-i-l-b-y uh, you can find uh, all of our podcasts on twitter at tf radio on instagram at TF Podcast and on Facebook at facebook.com slash TF Radio. Give us some comments. Tell us what you think of the show. And, and please subscribe on uh, iTunes. If you are an uh, Apple user, please subscribe because we could definitely use the, subscri- uh, the subscribers. And leave us a review, most of all. If you like the show, five stars, please. Five stars, five stars, five stars. That would make our day. That would be a wonderful Christmas present to us for all this free audio entertainment that we provide. And you're getting all my knowledge that I've used for years and years and years and you're getting my up in my head and you're getting my lack of knowledge so (laughs) well everybody out there again uh thank you for listening uh don't forget to watch before next week maple leaf gardens uh 11 10 1985 from the old school section of the wwe network and uh we really appreciate you being here with us this year uh we'll be back next week it'll be our year-end show i don't know if we're going to do anything special but uh, maybe we will yeah that's a good idea we should do something let's figure out something to do maybe i could uh take a little drive to uh pennsylvania and punch diecast in the face get video of that we'll put it up on facebook (laughs) so uh jt thanks for being here we'll catch you guys later have a good one merry christmas merry christmas 